This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? Awesome, awesome. Hey, my name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, I'm pretty excited. We're starting a brand new series today called Breakout. I believe that it's going to be something that's really, really going to be transforming for us all. It's going to help us see some areas that I think are trying to to pop their head out of our lives that we need to help get them out and make sure that they're they're not ruling and reigning in our lives. But uh, I just kind of want to start today off. I don't know about you guys, but I grew up in in a home that where we had a a lot of rules. uh, And and in our home, some of the rules that we had, we would have other rules so that we would not break the, the original rule. Anybody ever have some things like that in your house where you, you had a set of rules and then your parents made another set of rules so you wouldn't think about breaking that rule. And so in our house, we, we had some rules that were like that. And, and, um, and, and so I would, you know, it's a lot like the Bible. They had that in a lot in the New Testament. They would make rules to do all those things. And, and so we, we had some rules. And one of the rules um, that was in our house that we were not allowed to say certain things. And, and one of the words that we weren't allowed to say was, was the word... Uh, was the word damn. And, and so you were, as a kid, you weren't allowed to say the word damn. And, and so in order for us not to ever say the word damn, um, my, my parents put in a rule that said we weren't allowed to say the word darn because it sounded too much like damn. And so you, if you said darn, it was as bad as saying damn. And so they, they had this rule. And, and, and you know, as a kid, I, I, I wasn't very good at following rules for some reason. And so, I would, you know, all my friends were allowed to say it. And, they, you know, so I was around them and they were saying it. And so you just kind of pick it up. And, uh, and, and so, I, you know, I would say it, and my parents finally just got tired of it. They're like, you are not allowed to say the word darn. And, and honestly, I, I struggle saying the word darn today. I don't know why, but it's, it's just one of the things they ingrained in me. And, um, and, and so um, they just said that, and they said, listen, if you do, and this was my dad, he would say, listen, if I ever hear you say that word again, I'm gonna wash your mouth out with soap. Now, anybody else have that kind of punishment in their house? You like wash your mouth out with soap, uh, you know? And so that was that was the threat uh, uh, of if I ever said that again. And I remember, you know, I, I grew up in the '80s, and so I'm a product of the '80s. And as a kid, we loved movies like the movie Rad. I don't know if any of you guys know what it, that even is, but we used to we used to ride our bikes everywhere. And so the cool thing was to have a bike that was like tricked out with like pegs on it and jump ramps and do all kinds of cool things. And and I remember we I was probably I don't know seven or eight years old and uh, I was out front and our, our house was in the neighborhood. We were kind of the central house so all the kids would come to our yard to do things and we had cool ramps and different things so we'd be out there and we were jumping bikes and a kid had, had just jumped and when he landed he got a crash and stuff and he was in the way and it was my turn to go next. And so this kid is in the way and I yell out, get your darn bike out of the way and, and, uh, and somehow, I don't know what it is about moms. So moms have like supersonic hearing. Um, they can hear things through walls, through, through block, through doors. I mean, and, and all of a sudden my mom kind of appears in the doorway and says, uh, TJ, I, I need to speak with you. And I'm like, man, did she really hear that? And so I go inside and she's like, she's like, TJ, did you just say what I think you said? And I was like, well, what did you think I said? You know, and, uh, you know, <laughs> and she told me what I said. And I'm like, yes, ma'am, I, I, I said that. And she's like, well, we're, we're going to have to wash your mouth out with soap. And so we go into the bathroom and see the problem was is that this was my dad's threat and, and, and he was out of town. And so 
my mom didn't really know what to do. You know, like my dad didn't leave her a manual for like washing out my mouth with soap. So she's like, do I just pick up the bar and just shove it in his mouth? I mean, is that what you do? And, and so she's, you know, she, ha- she tells me this later in life. And she's like, so I was standing there and I was looking and I was like, what do I do? And she saw my toothbrush. So she grabs my toothbrush. She wets it a little bit and she rakes it up against the bar of soap. I mean, like, just rakes it. Like, I, like she was going to town. I, I figured there's probably like an inch of soap on that thing. She grabs it and she shoves it in my mouth and she starts brushing my teeth with the soap. And uh, so that was my first uh, experience with brushing, uh, getting my mouth rinsed out with soap. And it was not enjoyable. Um, and and I, I really, I don't, I don't really ever say darn because of that experience. I, I'll say damn. Like, that didn't, it didn't stop me from that, but it, it, it sure as heck mentions me up for the word darn. I, and, you know, I remember another time, and, and I don't even know exactly what happened. I had done something to, to one of my siblings, um, my stepbrothers or my stepsisters, and I remember my mom was in the kitchen, and um, moms, they, they just kind of use anything to give you spankings. Uh, has any, if you're a mom out there, you know what I'm saying. So she was in the kitchen, and she happened to have a wooden spoon, which I guess is a popular utensil to spank your kids with. And, and, and so, you know, she's like, what did you do? You know, pointing the spoon at me. And I knew what that meant. That meant you're about to get your butt slapped with that thing. And so uh, being a negotiator, you know, some kids are negotiators. I, I started negotiating with her. And, you know, and of course you want to keep your butt as far from her as possible. So, you know, you kind of stick it out and you're like, so mom, let me just kind of explain this. And, and that negotiation kind of turned into uh, her chasing me around the house. And I finally ended up in her restroom. And, um, in my one last attempt to not get spanked, um, I went to jump on the toilet seat so that, you know, so I could cover my butt because no kid really likes getting spanked. Even though it's necessary, I was spanked like every day of my life. It was, it's helpful. Um, uh, and, and so in order to get out of this spanking, I jumped on the toilet seat except the fact that the toilet was open. And uh, I ended up in the toilet seat, butt wet, wearing my pajamas. It was not a good sign. Then my mom spanked me anyways. It was, it was awesome. And... Uh, but we, you know, I, I have stories like that, and I'm sure you have stories like that as well. But those are my earliest memories of my parents trying to help me with some, something called behavior modification. You know, those are my earliest memories of that taking place in my life, of, of having this, these things be modified. And, and I learned that, you know, that through, uh, if I would act a certain way and I would do a certain thing, then that, if I did those things, I would make sure that I never got hit with a spoon or I would never have my mouth washed out with soap. And if, if I didn't act a certain way, there were consequences to those things. And I think all of us learn that pretty early on in life, don't we? We learn pretty early on that there's some areas of our lives that we got to have some behavior modification. There's certain things we can say and there's certain things we can do. Then there's certain things we can't say and there's certain things we can't do. You know, if you go on a job interview you learn very quickly in one or two interviews, there's certain things that you should say and there's certain things that you shouldn't say. And if you say those things you shouldn't say, the repercussions of that is you're never gonna get another job interview with that company because they're gonna be like, that's no good. Or if you go on a date, you know, there's certain things you should say on a date and there's certain things you shouldn't reveal on a date. And if, if, if you've never been on a date, let me just tell you, when you go out there, don't, don't talk about yourself the whole time. That's not something you should re- reveal on that first date. And so you, you learn those things very early on. There's certain things that we should say and certain things that we should do. And just real quick, hey, can we turn off the, the haze in here? I'm kind of getting hazed out. Uh, I don't know what's going on, so thank you. Um, but we learned very early on that, man, there's certain things that we can and we can't do. And, and, and if we don't 
modify those things. If we don't watch out for, the, for those things, then something always seems to kind of rear its head up and it's, we say something and something happens in that job interview or something happens on that date or we have that bad day at work and all of a sudden, man, that thing comes out and we're like, man, where did that come from? Because we didn't modify our behavior or we didn't modify our words or we didn't modify our actions for the thing. We didn't make sure that we had this filter on that kind of we process every single thing through that we're going to say and we're going to do. And sometimes that happens in life. And, and so we learn at a very, very early age that we have got to modify our behavior. Otherwise, we end up with a bar of soap in our mouth or a wooden spoon on our butt. And we learn that. And so we learned that, man, if we say something and, 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 and we do some things, and what happens to us is most of the time when something like that pops out that we're not used to having pop out, when we're on that date and we say something, we say, man, where did that come from? Or one of our friends will say, man, I'm, I'm not used to you talking like that. You know, that's something that's rare. It, it's, our fil- it's like that filter that we have. It has, it has a hole in it. And all of a sudden that thing that we've been trying to suppress down, that we've been trying to modify, that area that we've been trying to, to make sure that nobody sees or, or that nobody has those actions come out, all of a sudden it's like that thing has a hole in it. And before long, it's exposing itself in our world. And the, and the thing is, is that we have to monitor that thing. And, it, and, and we're told our whole life to monitor our behavior. We're told our whole life to monitor our words. We're told our whole life to monitor all of our actions. And, and we're told to watch over that because we live in a world that seems so focused on all the exterior, but has no idea of what's happening on the interior of each one of us. And so we're constantly in this battle of, of trying to do things that we should do as opposed to what we shouldn't do. And we're continuously getting to places where we're saying, man, I, I shouldn't do those things and I don't wanna do those things. But all of a sudden that thing pops up in our lives and we're like, where in the world did that come from? And, and, and Jesus understands exactly what, what this is all about because the world is telling us to, to modify our behavior, to monitor our actions, to monitor our words. And, and Jesus in the middle of a, of a conversation says some things that are way outside of what we've been told all of our life. It's way outside the scope of, of what the Pharisees have been told. And he's in a conversation and he just, he blurts out a couple of lines that were, were kind of outside of the context of what he was talking about, but were very intuitive for what we need to pick up and what we need to grab hold of. And he says some things that if we can fully grasp them will radically change and alter the way that we think about our words and our actions and our behavior. It will cause us not to just edit those things, but look at the true source of where those things are coming from. And so he, he says some things that are extremely critical for you and I, because a lot of times, you know, we just think, we just think, man, it's enough to monitor our words. It's enough to monitor our behavior. But, but Jesus is saying, man, it's not enough to do that. We can't just monitor that area of our lives because there's so much more that's happening than what we see. It's, it's the issue that, that happens when after you get married, you're, you, uh, and especially happens for ladies, they, they get married to a guy and this guy has been Mr. Wonderful and all these uh, amazing things before they get married and they get married and a week later, a month later, maybe six months later, they, they're sitting there with their mom or their dad or some of their relatives and they're like, man, I do not know who the guy I married is. I mean, the guy that I married, when I was dating him, he was this romantic guy, man. He serenaded me. He was, he was doing all these things. We had this amazing relationship. We got married 
and it seems like everything changed. It's like he's Dr. Jekyll and I'm Mr. Hyde and I have no idea what's going on and it's, it's, this, it's these opposite things and I don't know what happened and it's like he switched and all of a sudden his behavior is very different. We learn right then that it's not just okay to look at how somebody is monitoring their behavior but there's something more substantial that's happening in their lives and Jesus in the middle of this conversation, this is what he says in Matthew chapter 15. He says in verses 17 and 18, and I really would just want to focus on a statement, but I'll read it. He says, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean. He says the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. He says, basically what he's saying, he's saying everything that comes out of your mouth comes from the heart. It's like basically saying, hey, if you want to get a stethoscope out and put it in, on your mouth, it'll reveal exactly what is happening in your heart, man. It is the thing that, that reveals that. And if you want to know what's in a person's heart, just listen to what's coming out of their mouth. And if you want to understand what's happening in somebody's heart, just watch the words that are portraying out of them and, and see what's happening. Just listen to them. And then there's moments in time when people say something and they do something and they're like, man, where did that come from? And Jesus in that moment wouldn't say that that's just a random occurrence. He would say, man, that's, that's something that's coming from somewhere deeper. That's coming from your heart. That isn't just a, a misstep. That isn't just a miss a miss word. That isn't just something that just missed the filter. That is a reflection of what is happening on the inside of you. And, and, and he says, man, you can't just monitor behavior. You've got to look at where that is coming from. And, and so what happens every once in a while, we'll say something and it'll come out and we'll be like, man, where did that come from? I'm never going to say that again. I mean, we've all said that, haven't we? We've said something, we're like, man, where in the world? That just caught me off guard. I have no clue where that came from. I gotta make sure I'll never do that again. And Jesus says, you can't do that because that is just a reflection of what's going on the, on the, on the inside. And, and as much as you try to monitor that, as much as you try to, to keep that from happening, eventually that thing is gonna come back out and we can go and we can apologize and we can try to make right out of those situations. But at the end of the day, those things that we think are uncharacteristic in our lives, those things that are just the, the things that just periodically pop out, Jesus says that really all those things, they're just a reflection. They're just a reflection of what's going on on the inside. And it's so important for those of you that are dating or engaged that you recognize this, that you understand this because you're dating Mr. Wonderful right now or you're dating Miss Perfect and you think, man, they're just so unbelievable. But every once in a while, and we've all had this happen in our relationships, you know, they're, all, they're great and you're at dinner with him and all of a sudden he just flips the lid and all of a sudden he gets angry and just throws a temper tantrum right there, right? And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Man, he must've just had a bad day at work. We just, we just kind of push it off, don't we? Or we're, or we're somewhere with him or with her and all of a sudden she just gets extremely emotional and just starts crying uncontrollably. Guys, we've all been in those situations where like, I don't even know what to do. Like those aren't just missteps or just random occurrences. That's a reflection of something that's in their heart. And I don't know about you, but at marriage, uh, when you get married, that filter in life seems to get thinner and thinner. And so those things come out more and more. And so we need to be looking at every relationship and saying, man, what's really going on on, on on the inside here? Because what's periodically popping its head out is gonna continue to come out because we can't just monitor our words. We can't just monitor our actions. Jesus says there's something so much greater that we have to monitor and we have got to monitor our hearts. And he goes on in, in verse 19, he says, for out of the heart, come evil thoughts. Now, I know some of you guys are gonna say, well, well, thoughts don't come from the heart. 
They come from your brain. And Jesus would say, no, 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 thoughts don't come from your brain. Those things truly are a reflection of your heart. And you, you say, well, but, but man, you know what happens in life? I have an evil thought. And so I say to my brain, don't think that way. And you need to take that thought and you need to put it away and you need to put it aside. And so I monitor my, my thoughts through my brain. And Jesus says, no, that's not true because what's happening is, is that is your heart coming through. And you can try to monitor it, but those things still slip out. And you say, but, but that's not what my mama said. My mama said that I was a good boy. You know, I'm not evil. Jesus, you're saying that my thoughts are evil. And Jesus says, you're right. I'm saying your thoughts are evil because mama was wrong. You're an evil boy. It doesn't matter how good everybody else says you are. If you have evil thoughts in your heart, if you have evil things going on in your mind, what is that a reflection of? That's the evil that is inside of you. And he says, man, you can continue to tell yourself that, that, man, it's not coming from my heart, it's coming from my brain, but the reality is, is that is a heart problem. And so he says, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder. Now, how does murder fall in line with that? Because you gotta understand when somebody is murdered, where, who are the first people the police go to interview and, and look for as suspects? Family and friends, right? Why? Because the people that are closest to you, that filter way gets the thinnest in those moments. And usually what happens is in that, that moment of rage or that moment that that filter is thin, the things that are in our heart come out more often in those situations and we end up having this evil thing called murder come out. And it's really just a reflection of the heart. And so he says, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Slander, it's driven by jealousy. It says, you know what, I'm not happy with me, so I've got to say something about you so I feel better about me. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say things about you that aren't true. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess with your character so I look better. And people will come to you and say, you shouldn't say those things. And you'll be like, man, that's bad manners. I shouldn't say those things. But the reality is that that is a reflection of what's happening on the inside of your life. And Jesus is saying, listen, you just can't monitor your behavior. You can't just monitor your words. You've got to start looking at your heart. You've got to start reflecting on what's happening in there. And I know that there's so many of you that would probably say, man, I don't believe you. You know, that just doesn't make any sense. But you can look after study after study. You can look all over the internet. There's all these polls that they go and poll thousands of people. And they say, listen, if there was an opportunity that was out there and you could go and you could rob a bank, you could go uh, kill somebody, you could have an affair with somebody, if you could do those things and nobody would ever find out, there would be no consequences to those actions. You would, nobody would know except for you and you could go on and live the rest of your life however you want to live it. If you could do those things, would you do it? And the overwhelming majority of people said yes. And you're like, what's up with that? And Jesus would say, because it's a reflection of our heart. We've learned to monitor and filter the behavior that we have, but there are things that are hard that if we allow them to lurk there and we allow them to stay there, they'll just start to grow and grow and grow and grow. And before long, before we, we, we know it, they're growing so large that that filter that we have in life, they just continue to rear their ugly head and they come about and they make their way to the, service, to the surface of our lives and they wreak havoc on the relationships that we care about most. And Jesus says, man, it's just not enough. It's just not enough to monitor our behavior. Man, we've got to start looking at what is the reflection of our heart. And we don't have to talk about they. We don't have to talk about the world because this is our world. The reality is, 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 is if you're a parent out there, you tell your kids all the time not to do things that you turn around and do 
right away. We, we go and we pass laws so that people won't do things. And then we go right around and do the exact same thing that we'd pass a law saying, man, you should go to prison for that and we'll go and do it in our own lives. We'll go and condemn people for things that we'll turn around and do. And Jesus says, man, it's a reflection of our heart. There's something that's bigger that's happening in our lives that we've got to look at and realize that we can't just monitor our behavior, but we have got to monitor our heart. And that's why the wisest man who ever lived named Solomon said some pretty important things. And he wrote the book of Proverbs, which is called the Wisdom Book, and the book of Ecclesiastes, and the book of Sol- Sol- Song of Solomon. And, 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 you know, he had kings and queens and, and wise people all throughout the earth. And it, it's been said that even till today, the Bible says that he is the wisest man who ever lived. He had acquired more riches, more glory. He had more wisdom than anybody had come before him or would come after him. And he says in Proverbs 4.23, this is what he says. He says, above all else, he says, in spite of everything that I'm going to tell you about what to say and what to do, above all that stuff, there is something that is more important than all the wisdom I have. There's something more important than everything I know about rich people and poor people and, and wisdom and all these things. He says, above all else, man, I want you to take note of this thing because it is the most important thing that I'm going to say to you. And so I want you to grab hold of this. If you don't get anything else, get this. He says, above all else, guard your heart. He says, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. He says, listen, this is the thing that you have to know where it is. It's where life comes from. It's where you love from. It's where you parent from. It's where you manage your finances from. It's where you build your relationships in. The heart is the place where everything happens, where all of life comes from. And we have got to learn how to guard that area of our lives. And what he's saying is he's saying, man, that word guard there, he's saying, man, we've got to monitor what's coming in to our heart, and we've got to monitor what's going out. We can't just allow anything to go in. We can't just allow anything to go out of our heart because it's not just our emotions. It's not just our mind, but it's the very place that Jesus says, man, this is where everything in our life stems from. And Solomon just echoes that statement and says, man, it is the wellspring of life. It is where the essence of our life is coming from. And everything that is coming out of our life is springing up from this one place, and that is our heart. He says, be careful, guard it. Now, if we were honest and we were real, nobody ever talked to us about guarding our heart. They've talked to us a lot about editing our behavior. They've talked about us, let's do this, let's not do that. Let's make sure we say this, let's make sure we don't say that. But nobody has ever said, man, what's happening inside of your heart? Nobody's ever taught us to guard that. So we don't know what we should be asking ourselves. We don't know what we should be looking into. We don't even have a clue where to start because we've been told for so long to monitor and edit our behavior that we've never thought about the repercussions that are coming from the source of where it's all springing from. And Jesus right here and Solomon right here are saying, man, we have got to take a look at this area. We have got to be looking at guarding. We've got to understand guarding. And we've got to have a little bit more self-awareness. We've got to have a little bit more sophistication in our lives and, and look and listening to what is happening in our heart. We've got, to, we've got to say, man, what's happening in my heart that's causing me to feel this way? Why am I reacting in this conversation this way? Why did I just get jealous of that person? We've got to start looking at the things that are happening on the inside that are permeating every aspect of our lives and making them into our conversation and making them into our, into our actions. And over the next couple of weeks, my goal for us is that we're going to be looking into our hearts. 
And I believe that we're going to break some stuff free. We're going to break out of some, some patterns of life. We're going to break out of some, some habits that have, have formed inside of us. We're going to break out some of these things that are rearing themselves up in our lives and make sure that they're dead and gone in our lives. Because I don't know about you, but life just has a tendency for stuff to get lodged in our heart. There's just this tendency for things to, to just get stuck in there. And there's, nobody's ever really taught us how to rid our lives of those things. But I believe that Scripture gives us clear, clear ways that we can do that. I think that there are some habits that you and I can practice daily that will help us get rid of the junk that clogs up what's happening on the inside. And I know that this isn't new for a lot of you guys. You know, this isn't something like, whoa, this is, this is groundbreaking. There's something on the inside that's causing the outside. But a lot of us have not learned how to recognize what's in our heart, but it's easy for us to recognize what's in other people's hearts. I mean, you think about it. We all have that friend in our life or that coworker or that family member that every conversation you have with them, there's always this thing that kind of rears itself up and you're like, dang, they've been hurt somewhere. You, you know what I'm saying? You know who that person is. You, you're thinking of their name right now. I know exactly who they are. I mean, every conversation, man, there's that, that pain that's coming out because of something that happened to them. And, and everybody else can see it, but they can't see it themselves. And so many times that's just like us. It's just like us. We don't know how to see it ourselves. And, and, and my goal for us is that I, I hope that, that we'll say, you know what, God, man, I, I, I want to change my heart. God, help me to change my heart. Help me to recognize what's going on in my heart. And then I know that there's some of you guys that are just going to be like, you know what, when you change that person's heart, then I'll change my heart, God. You know what, when you fix what's wrong with them, then I'll start fixing what's wrong with me. Then there's some of you guys, and, and I understand why you kind of have that mentality because if you were to sit down and tell us your story of what happened to you, I could totally understand why you would say, man, that person jacked me up. And we would all, we would all sit back and be like, man, I, I totally recognize. But here's, here's the challenge. Will we take responsibility for what's in our heart? Listen, we can't take responsibility for what's in anybody else's heart, but we can take responsibility for what is in our heart. Will we learn to guard our heart and look at what's happening on the inside of us? Because it's so easy to push back, but will we take that responsibility and say, you know what? I'm gonna come alongside my heavenly father and I'm gonna allow him to go in and do some heart surgery and do some heart change. See, and I know that this is gonna be some hard work. But in all my years of being a pastor and all my years of being in ministry, I've never had anybody walk in a counseling appointment and say, you know what, I've got a bad heart. Because none of us think we have a problem. We always think it's somebody else's problem. Or we always want the quick fix in life. You know, I, I've heard people walk in and say, man, I have, a, I have an anger problem or I have a bitterness problem or I have a jealousy problem. You know, I, I've, never, I've never heard anybody walk in and say, like, I have a greed problem. You know, like, I just walk in, hey, I'm greedy. You know, I've, I've, yeah, anybody in here, they're just greedy. They just want to admit that right now. Nobody. It's, it's never happened. You know, and, and, and so I think about, like, something like that. You know, I think about greed and and, and, and somebody who's greedy, what their response, what they would do is they would typically go to God and say, God, man, I don't want to be greedy anymore, but I want to be jealous. Or I, I, I'm, no, they don't want to be jealous. 
That would be horrible. That'd be just trading one for the other. And they would say, I don't want to be greedy anymore. I want to be generous. And God would say, that's awesome. I want to help you be generous. Here's how we're going to make you generous. I want you to go write a check. And they would say, but God, you don't understand. I'm greedy. Help me to be generous, and then I'll write a check. And God will say, no, 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 no. I want you to write a check, and then you'll, you'll, you'll stop being greedy. And they say, but God, you don't understand. I'm greedy. Don't you get it? If you would help me break greed in my life, then all of a sudden I will become generous, and then I'll write a check. And God's like, no, 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 but you don't understand. See, giving breaks the power of greed in your life. And you got to start taking some of those actions first in order to break that thing. you gotta, you start, you got to start creating a new habit in your life that will break down some of those things that have been rearing themselves up in your life. But we want the quick fix. It's kind of like a guy who went to the cardiologist. He was having some, some heart problems. He was having trouble sleeping at night, and and so he went to the doctor and he said, man, doc, I've, you know, I've been going to sleep at night. I haven't been sleeping very well because I'll start to fall asleep. And all of a sudden, it's like my, my heart is pounding out of my chest. And every time I walk up the stairs, I, I got to take a 20-minute break because I'm out of breath. And, and so, you know, I just, I just have some health issues. And so they start running all these tests. They put them, you know, in CAT scans and whatever else they do for your heart. And, and, uh, and so they get done with all the tests. And doc says, man, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being you're in great health and 10 being you're in horrible shape, you're a 7. But here's the thing, you're not a candidate for surgery yet. You know, there's some things that you can do. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you on a health plan. I'm going to put you on a workout plan. For, so for the next three days, for three days a week, for the next four weeks, I'm going to have you do this workout plan. And the guy says, but doc, I got a, I got a heart problem. I can't exercise. I want you to fix my heart. And he's like, I, I want to fix your heart, but this is what I need you to do. I need you to go on this exercise plan. And he's like, but doc, I can't exercise because I have a heart problem. You know, and, and, and if I go and exercise, you know, I'll start exercising and, and my heart will explode out of my chest and that won't have solved anything. And the doc's like, but no, you gotta, you gotta start exercising so that your heart can be fixed because the thing is, is that pain that you're gonna experience and all those things, that's what's gonna help you build your heart back up. And the guy's like, but doc, you don't understand. I have a heart problem. I need you to fix my heart problem. And he's like, that's what I'm trying to do. And he's like, but, but this is the thing. I went home and I got on a treadmill and I ran for five minutes and I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I just need you to do some surgery. And the, and the doc's like, I can't help you. You're an idiot. And that's what we all want though, isn't it? We're all like, God, if you'll fix this, then I'll do that. And God's like, man, I want you to do some things. I want you to do some specific things in your life. And then those things will be fixed. And I believe that as we open God's word over the next couple of weeks, as we, as we dive into some issues of our heart, that we're going to see some things that we're going to need to change. And as we start making those changes, as we start addressing those chambers of our heart that we've left clogged up for so long, through the truth of God's word that we're going to experience some freedom. The reason this whole message series kind of came about was almost a year ago, uh, I, I took a, a month off of church. Um, you know, I was getting tired. I was getting worn out. Um, you know, I know most of you think, man, all you do is sit around and read your Bible and pray all day. I mean, how hard of a job can that be? I mean, that's not very stressful. It's, it's a little bit more stressful than you think. Um, And so I went and I spent a couple of weeks in Africa um, just working with kids. And see, what I thought was just, I was just tired and worn out, worn out 
And so my attitude was really bad. Um, my desire to do excellent work was really bad. My love for people was pretty much gone. You know, I'd learned to monitor my behavior so I could come in here and I could play it real up. And I could make you think I was super holy and super spiritual. And I could say, I, I had all the Christianese down. I could say the right things. I could do the right things. And you would never know, but inside, man, my filter was, was gone. Because I'd been so good at monitoring and editing my behavior and my attitudes and my thoughts and my words. But my heart was jacked up. And I remember getting there to, to Africa and working with these kids and, and seeing kids just broken and destitute and, and all those things. And, and just being like, man, what in the world? Because everybody else's, their heart is breaking and mine was not breaking at all. And I remember going back to my hotel room and saying, what's wrong with my heart? What's wrong with my heart? Why is it that I don't love anymore? Why is it that I don't have compassion anymore? It wasn't about my attitudes or my behavior. It was about my heart. And it would have been so easy just to continue along that path and just stay that way and put on the, the facade and, and think that, man, I've got it all going on. You know, I can, I can fake it till I make it. But you know what? The reality is, is I would never make it. It's a lot like a, a lady I met in counseling quite a few years ago. Her and her husband walked in, and I'd never seen somebody that was so angry and so bitter in my life. Like this lady, everything that she talked about just spewed hate. And her husband just sat there like a, a puppy dog that had been abused. You know, he was just kind of hiding in the corner. And, and I remember sitting there and listening to her for 30 or 40 minutes and and. and I'm probably not the best counselor. And uh, so I just said, hey, do you have a day planner? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, do you want to take that out and pick a date? She's like, what are you talking about? I said, do you want to pick a date when you're going to stop letting the people that hurt you in the past control the rest of your life? And she just kind of looked at me like I was crazy. And, and her husband looked at me like I was the most insensitive guy in the world. And I, and I probably am. I'm not a super sensitive guy. I, I didn't really care at that moment. It's probably why I don't counsel too much anymore. Just... This lady wanted help, but she wanted to blame everybody else instead of looking in the mirror and looking at what was going on on the inside of her life. And I said to her, man, you know what? You can live the rest of your life and, and on your deathbed you can choose to forgive or you can choose to forgive now and stop allowing them to control the rest of your life. Which one do you choose? Which one do you choose? Because the more damaged and the more wounded your heart gets, the harder it is to rid yourself of that junk. The harder it is to purge your life of the difficult things. You know, how long does it take? I don't know. It's not that simple. But it starts with us recognizing that there's some things wrong in our heart. There's some areas of our heart that are off. And so in Africa, I started asking myself some questions. I started saying, 
man, what's up with my heart? Why did my attitude go this way when that happened? Why was I jealous of that person when they did this? Why is my love for people so distant right now? And I started looking and monitoring that and, and, and I started asking myself those questions and, and I came back and I started asking our staff. I started saying, man, how's your heart? What's happening? I started asking them the same questions. I started asking a group of guys that I mentor every week. I started saying, man, how's your heart? It started becoming the battle cry of my life because you know what? I don't want my friends to go through life just monitoring and editing their behavior, but I want them to understand what is coming from the source of who they are. And as a church, man, I don't want us just to go through and act like we got it all together and, and go and monitor all those things because I don't think Christianity, what Jesus really intended for us to do or for how he intended for us to live is just to do this and to do that. God is really about what's happening on the inside of us. It's not about a bunch of rules and regulations. It's about, it's about where is your heart? What's going on on the inside? It's a thing that nobody ever asks us about. Because I don't want us just to monitor our actions or edit our behavior or watch our words. It's about finding the little things that have embedded themselves in our hearts and, and shedding the, the truth of God's word in those areas and allowing our heavenly father to come in there and to do some heart surgery. And so today, I just wanted to end with asking you guys a couple questions about how's your heart? How's your heart? Are you mad at anyone? Are you waiting for somebody else to come to you to make things right? Have you had any imaginary conversations with somebody this week? Have you had anything come out of your mouth this week that you were like, man, where did that come from? Did you say something that embarrassed you? Have you secretly celebrated somebody else's failure? Have you lied this week? What's the one thing you're hoping nobody asks you about? Got any secrets? Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. God, and I just pray that you help us above all else to guard our hearts. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.